Hey, y'all. You ever heard of an amazing young woman by the name of Zinzi Smith? Well, I have. And her and I had just an amazing conversation on Beyonce's internet. I will have you know that 20-year-old Zinzi Smith has her own black woman-owned business for an entire year now teaching spin classes. And let me tell you, she's enthusiastic. She wants the world to know that she's ready to help you shed them pounds from Thanksgiving and Christmas and help you keep up with that New Year's resolution that all of us middle-aged people like to make while we're still making them. So I, for one, am going to try and take one of her classes, just $15 for an online class with Zinzi Smith. She also teaches in person in studios in Brooklyn and in Queens and NYC. And all around, I got to tell you, I am just in awe of her. So you can reach out to her on Spin With Zin. That's Spin With Z-I-N on TikTok and on Instagram. And let her know that you heard it here on Black Fluid Poets Podcast. And you're trying to shed them pounds and keep up that New Year's resolution. You feel me? So give her a shout out. Let me know how it went. Hey, y'all. It's your fam, Black Fluid Poet, coming to you live from my humble abode of books. <sighs> and you know, the pandemic's over. Um, there are still people who are getting a milder form of COVID. Um, and those numbers are going up and going down and going up and going down. But for the most part, uh, the good news is that we are no longer trying to see who deserves the respirator more. So, times are changing. And my question is, am I the only one that wishes the pandemic was still happening? <laughs> I mean, I don't want anybody to die. I don't. I don't want anybody to die. I don't want anybody to get sick. I don't want anybody to be hurt. But I, I don't want everybody in public either. Like, they're everywhere. They're at the corner store. They're, they're downtown at the restaurant just causing lines. And, and all the people who, I swear to God, uh, since this pandemic started, right, there were certain... There was a certain aspect of humanity where we found peace, right? If we did have to go into a store, it was a short line. And everybody was like, well, trying their best to be pleasant, at least. At least I thought, at least from my experiences. But now it's like everybody's just back to being, you know, consumers. Just, just back to being vacuums from, from the moment they take breath in the morning to the moment they, they say their pseudo prayers at night. It's just, people are back to being awful, Lord. They're back to being awful. So here's the thing. I, um, I, I, it's not that I've become an introvert, but I really have, um, been very selective about the people I even so much as have conversation with, you know? Um, and I think that's a, I, I would like to think it's a product of maturity, right? Um, because at one time I, I had to be popular. I, I had to be extroverted. I had to have everybody's attention. I had to have conversations with random strangers and now I'm like, I don't need any of that shit today. I just want to breathe, to experience peace, you know, to get the things I need from the store and get back home. Um, I ain't trying to be out. And, and uh, it's, it's done something to me to where like I've experienced more loneliness, but in sporadic ways. Like before... When I used to have to have a lot of friends and I used to have to be in the crowd, I experienced loneliness at an extreme level. You know what I mean? Like when there was nobody around, I was dying. I was just like withering away like a plant with no water in the desert. But now 
sometimes it sucks to be alone, but it nowhere is near what it used to be. And I think that has a lot to do with having to spend so much time by ourselves during the pandemic that I think at one point I was just like, you know what? This ain't so bad. This, this ain't so bad. And so that's where I am now. You know, I'm home. I look at my books. I, I you know, maybe write in my journal. Um, I have a conversation with a friend once in a while on the phone. Shout out to my phone people who still make phone calls and still accept phone calls and still like to have conversations. Um, and that's pretty much been it. That's, that's been what's kept me, you know. Um, filled out a PPP loan for the, for the back rent. And I had a friend who actually helped me out with my back rent. So that went amazingly well. Um, still broke. <laughs> still trying to pay some bills. Um, called myself paying it forward and loaned a couple of friends some money that I was supposed to get back last week and never came. So I'm out that money. That was a good 600 bucks. Um, but I really thought, I really, and this is the other thing, y'all, like I really believed their word and I really believed that they would come through. And I guess that's what I want to talk about tonight is what does your word mean? Not to you, but to those around you. Do we keep our word? You know, one thing I've learned, uh, being an active drug addict in the streets, is that my word meant everything. You know, um, whether or not you were going to get, you know, credit on drugs or whether or not somebody was going to let you pay you a little bit later or, you know. When I was in the street, you didn't have any money. You, you didn't have any any power. So it was like my word was all I had, you know. Um, and in having that word, I cherished it. I cherished keeping my promises. I cherished it, I think, also because my parents couldn't keep their words. You know, my dad was extremely unreliable. And it wasn't that my mom was unreliable, but my mom's life was chaotic and hectic. She couldn't always keep her promises, you know. Um, and, you know, I was a, as a teenager, jaded, you know, I, I always used to say, you know, promises are made to be broken. That's all I used to say because I had so much disappointment. But, you know, promises are special. They mean something to me. I, especially if I'm the type of person, which I am, who knows I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do, I love making promises. I love telling somebody, especially somebody who no longer believes in promises, I love being like, I will see you Wednesday at 7 o'clock. And they're like, yeah, whatever, you know. And then you call them Wednesday afternoon, and I'm like, yo, you ready for 7 o'clock? And they're like, yeah, I guess. And they're still not buying it. But then when your ass shows up at 6.30, they're like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, you came. And these are other adults. Like we have, I, some of us have really, have, have no stake in what people say anymore. And that is sad. And I don't think it's that we don't have a stake in what people say. It's because we've seen so many unreliable individuals in positions of power, like bosses who said they're going to give you that day off or a raise, you know, parents who like, you know, they, they swear they're always going to support you. And then all of a sudden they don't like the partner you're going to marry um, it is a constant daily struggle to remind myself that my word is all I have. Like everything else is fake, dude. Every, money, property, prestige, popularity, all of that shit is not real. The 400,000 followers I have on TikTok could cancel me at a moment's notice. Most of them are not close friends. And when I say most, I mean probably 
399,546 of them are not friends, you know. Um, and even in the friends category, you know, some of them are associates, people I say hi and bye to, joke around with. And then I have like buddies who I would go hang out with and would talk to on the phone. And then I have friends who like, yo, man, uh, this dude is dead in my living room. They're like, okay, I'll bring the shovel. You get the garbage bags. We'll send home to the store for some rug. You know, <laughs> you know, there's very few of them than down motherfuckers, you know, dude, people who be able to help you no matter what your situation is. Um, and I guess this all came up because uh, I'm, I'm sitting with some friends and we were listening to a George Thurgood song. And it was the one about um, having to pay the rent because that's that was my life right now. We were all making jokes about this is my life. And, uh, you know, he's he's. The landlord puts him out, and he's 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 outside, and he he says, "So I go to my good friend's house, you know, and I say, hey, look, man, I'm outdoors, you know, could I stay with you maybe a couple of days? I don't know.'" And his friend goes, "Well, let me go and ask my wife." And he comes back out, and he says, "He comes back out. I can see it in his face. I know it was no." And his friend says, "Yeah, man, uh, she kind of funny." And he goes, "Yeah, everybody funny. Now you funny too." Um. And I, I love that part of the song because that, you know, sometimes that's how it is. You know, yeah, we homies, man. Then it's like, yo, uh, can I stay with you? Well, I, you know, I don't know about all that, you know. Um, and it's good for me. Let me tell y'all, I got some friends who I truly believe would lay down their life for me. Not a lot of them, like maybe two or three, but I have them, you know. And I have some friends as well who I would lay down my life for. And those are all the people that I consider friends. I would lay down my life for them. Um, and there's more than two or three. There's, there's probably more than 20. Um, but I have to remember that how I feel about other people is not exactly the way they feel about me. Or the feelings that I have for other people, they may not realistically be able to have those feelings for me. In other words... I believe everybody, when it comes to love, is doing the best they can. They may not have learned or experienced as much about love as me, and that doesn't matter. You know, I, I think it's a trap that some people say, you know, whatever energy they put out, you put that same energy back. I can't do that. I don't have it in me to do that because on some level, even though it sounds fair and it sounds healthy, you know, if people don't call you, stop calling them. And then there's this pettiness that I can't do. You know, like if I ask somebody for help and they're like, ah, I really can't, you know. And knowing in my heart of hearts that they can, they could. They could have helped me. They could have given me that ride. They could have let me stay with them that night. They could have lent me that 50 bucks. Whatever it is, I don't hold that against them when it's their time to need help. Why am I like that is simple. Because I don't feel good being any less loving than I am. It just don't feel good. I don't feel good um, considering what people have done to me before I make a decision on what I do for them. That's not love. That's not a loving thing to do. That's not what love does. And that's not what I do. Um, there have been people who have, I mean, royally fucked me over. And I've just been like, they've called out of nowhere. and be like, hey, um, you know, I was just wondering if... Uh, you could help me out. I'm, I'm kind of behind in some bills. And I'm like, well, if I have it, I could send it. And they're like, okay. And, they, and they're totally thinking, he ain't going to help me after that shit I did to him. And that's okay. 
And then I, I, you know, go to my cash app or my Venmo and I'm like, yo, here, you know, I got 40 bucks I could send. I hope that's enough. It's all I got. And I send it. And they send me these long ass messages in my DMs or something like, yo, I can't, yo, I am so sorry for what I did to you. And I'm so sorry. And I'm like, what does what you did to me have to do with who I am as a person? Because we, we, I believe we consider love in too narrow a scope. You know, love is two people doing right by each other. No, no. For me, love is wanting to see your life better than it is right now. Period. And doing all I can to further that cause. That is love. Now, sometimes... Doing all I can means letting you go because your life ain't getting no better being around me. I tell you that. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of like how I look at my, my divorce, you know. To this day, no matter what my wife, my ex-wife thinks or says about me to anybody else, I still want my ex-wife to have a better life tomorrow than she does today. And if there's anything I could do to further that, I would. Although my wife would say, kill yourself. That would really further my life. It would, it would better my life. And it's the one thing you could do. So, you know, I may not be able to help her. <laughs> but I still want better for her. I, I don't, you know, my wife and I have done some really hurtful things to each other. But that doesn't change the fact that I am who I am. And I don't fight against the nature of me. If... Let's say, all right, um, I don't particularly care for red hair. And I, you and I meet and you have red hair. I won't say to you, I don't particularly care for red hair. Because that doesn't matter. I've, I've made my decision to, to show love towards you, you know. But there are people in this world who, if they are redheaded, and someone says, I don't particularly care for red hair, they would change the color of their hair to be accepted, to be liked, to be loved possibly, to not be left, to not be abandoned. And I have done that so many times in my life. I have changed who I am. I've dropped out of college and taken a job to please a, a partner. I have tolerated unfathomable amounts of moving and you know, overlooked behavior and just adjusted and adjusted and adjusted. I've adjusted so much in my next life, I'm gonna back, I'm gonna come back a fucking socket wrench. I have made so many adjustments for so many people in my life that at one point during the pandemic, I was relieved that nobody was around anymore. I, I, I think I couldn't do it. I was breaking. I was just breaking. I was falling apart, trying to, what it was is I was trying to create a family. You know, when you lose your family at a young age, you, you'll do anything to create some sort of permanence when it comes to people in my life, you know? And I got in relationships with, with women with children because it was like a ready-made family and I thought this is a good opportunity to create something and, you know, oh God, so many mistakes. So many mistakes. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily regret the attempts I've made at loving other individuals. I feel sad that I didn't love myself enough to leave sooner when those people couldn't love me the way they wanted to. 
it's like being in a relationship with somebody who just, they don't get it. They'll never get it. And, and you stay because you love them, you know. But in loving myself, I have to have my needs met. You know what I'm saying? So like, there have been some people who like, I really love, but I had to, I had to create some distance because they weren't who either I thought they were, they weren't who they said they were, or they just weren't able to keep their word because love requires me. When I say, I'm sorry, I'll remember, it won't happen again. That's love saying, here's a promise from me. If what I did caused you pain, remember that I will not do this again. I'm saying it now for everyone around. I will not do this again. And uh, we're gonna get to some. Uh, we're gonna get to some some commercial break, and then we're gonna come back and talk about how can we treat ourselves better by the people we choose to love. Hey, y'all. So check it, check it, check it, check it out. I just came across a new clothing line that is amazing. It is Jupiter's Art. This is a clothing line for non-binary people, right? So the clothes are genderless and uh, they are also sustainable. Um, There's carbon offset and they don't add anything negative to the environment. And they're also um, an ethical company with fair pay for their employees. And they welcome uh, anyone in the spectrum of LGBT and race. It is owned by people of color and they deserve your attention. You can find Jupiter's Art on Instagram, on TikTok, and you can search for them on Google and find the website. It is amazing. Check it, check it, check it out. Wait till you see this jacket. Oh my God. It it is amazing. Y'all, you got to peep it. Jupiter's art. Check it. Hey, y'all. Black Fluid Forward here, a.k.a. John S. Blake. So, when I meet people, now... Although I'm not a big fan of Chris Rock, Chris Rock said this one thing that I thought was just paramount. When you're first meeting someone, you're not meeting them. You're meeting their representative. So when I first meet someone, I'm not going to tell them that I'm, you know, uh, a needy person. I'm not going to admit to them in the first five minutes that I met them that sometimes I fall into these deep depressions over the loss of family and grief. You know, I, I, we talk about superficial stuff. We, we open the doors a little bit to the possibility of adding someone new in our life. So what does that mean? That means that we talk about the weather. We talk about our plans for that day. We may talk about, you know, the clothes we have on. What's our favorite color? Little things, you know. And if it goes well, if all goes well, and no one has their feelings hurt, and there's no eyebrow-raising moments of like, what the fuck did he say? You know, um... Then I can walk away going, huh, well, that was a nice experience. And maybe we'll trade numbers. And then we talk again. And since it's just them and I, and we're not at a restaurant, and we're not at a bar, we're not talking in some social gathering, and it's just us talking on the phone, we get to be a little more personal. And maybe we'll talk about our parents. And maybe we'll talk about, you know, our love life, or what we're looking for in a partner, or whatever it is. 
for me, those conversations are no longer superficial. When we trade numbers, now we're getting into becoming friends. We've decided that we have potential to be friends and now we're becoming friends. There is very little you could ask me about in my life that doesn't turn into something very intimate. You know, when it comes to family, when it comes to love life, you know, my, my childhood, these aren't going to be uh, conflict-less conversations. There's going to be some talk about possibly violence, drug addiction, alcoholism. So for me, I need to have people in my life that aren't necessarily shook by these subjects. Um, and because I come from poverty and drug addiction and a queer parent and, and, you know, a black parent and all this stuff. Now I have some requirements on how we can further our conversation. You have to be anti-racist. You know, you can't be homophobic or, or transphobic. Um, you, you can't be down in poor people like, oh, they did that shit to themselves. Because now this is about my identity. And this is about your ascription. What you see me as and how I see myself. And vice versa, how they see themselves and how I see them. Because sometimes, as you well know, our friends see us a lot different than how we see ourselves. My mother used to say, if you want me to know you're a good person, I ain't asking you. I'm going to ask your friends. You know, um, if you think that, you know, you make great decisions, it, it ain't about, um, it, it's not about your opinion of you. It's about, I have to ask your friends, does, does this person make good decisions? Does this person, the, the family, if the family can sit around while you are giving yourself compliments and not laugh, okay. But if I was to say, I'm great at managing money and my mother was still alive to this day, she would piss herself laughing. And so would everybody else in my family. So would all my friends. I'm terrible at managing money. And so if someone says, well, how are you at managing money? I could be like, eh, you know, I've had better days. No, that's not the truth. The truth is I'm terrible at it, right? And the people who love me don't ask me to manage their money. <laughs> Actually, the people who truly love me accept that I am terrible at managing money. And they're like, do you need $20? Here, here's $20, you fuck, you know? When the fuck are you going to change? You know what I mean? Um, but here's a hard part about love. And about keeping our word. When I tell you I'm your friend, and this is really important, y'all. If I ever tell you, I'm going to light my cigarette. If I ever tell you I'm my friend, I'm your friend. That means, hold on to your seat now. That means I am willing to risk the friendship to tell you the truth and possibly piss you off. Possibly piss you off so much that our friendship ends. But it's the truth. The truth isn't going to change between now and an hour from now. And the longer I sit on this truth, the longer our friendship has now become a sham. I have to be able to tell you the truth in our friendship. And you have to be able to tell me the truth. Let me tell you, nothing upsets me more than one of my friends needing help and never telling me. That shit upsets me more. Because again, what is love? I want your life to be better tomorrow than it is today. And I can't love you if you don't let me. I can't love you if you don't let me help improve your life. Now, by that same token, in order to love myself is I want to see myself in a better position of life than it is today. 
And sometimes that's letting go of people that cause me frustration and inhibit me from enjoying my life. I can't be around you if you don't want to get better. I can't be around you if you still like to hurt people. Not even like hurting people, but you ignore the fact that you hurt people. I don't trust anybody who can't forgive. Don't trust them. Because if you can't forgive, that tells me two things. One, your expectations are completely unrealistic of human beings. And two, you don't think you've ever done anything wrong. If you can't accept forgiveness, if, if you can't forgive other people, then you don't think you need forgiveness. Bottom line. And I don't think there's a human being on this earth that is not in need of forgiveness, of compassion. Now, what does that mean? That means that if, if, if uh, certain Republican congressmen really, really sincerely saw the error of their ways and wanted to do something different, I can let go of their past. I can do it. If they really, really sincerely want to see a difference in their own behavior. That goes for my friends. That goes for my family. It goes for everybody. There is no title that is exempt from having to change in order that our relationship lasts. Goes the same for me. There is nobody anywhere on this earth that is not going to change and adjust in order to maintain all their relationships. You have to. If that becomes, if that means becoming an angrier person and having to let people know where your boundaries are, or becoming a more gentler person and letting down some of our walls. Love is this beautiful sky that all of us live under. Some people are looking up, some people are looking down. Some people see it, some people don't. You know, some people can admire it and some people complain about the temperature. It, it, there are some people that are just never motherfucking satisfied. But the truth is, love is always there. Sometimes it's dark, sometimes it's that bright blue. But the sky never leaves. The sky never leaves. If you are in a romantic relationship and shit is not working, that's a dark sky. But it doesn't mean love isn't there. And if you are in an amazing friendship and y'all just like two peas in a pod and you do everything together, hey, that's the bright part of the sky. That's a, that's a good sunny day. But just know, it's not going to stay that way. And, and our friends need to know what we are like when it gets dark. What are we like? Child, I was and still am in thousands of dollars of debt. And I'm doing my best to you know, make moves happen. Um, looking for work and, and, you know, trying to build up the podcast and the Patreon and the TikTok and all of that. And I'm looking for another job. And, you know, friends came through. Friends came through and helped me with rent. You know, and I still need dollars. You know, I'm, I'm still struggling. I ain't gonna lie. But I know that this is a dark sky. And I know this is the dark aspect of love. And, and, you know, things will get better, you know, things will get better. But there are people who have been here for me in this dark sky, you know, who have helped me navigate by the stars, you know, and, and just know that I'm here for you. Just just know that I care. And some people who can't help me financially, they're calling the check in like, hey, has your situation gotten any better? Because that's the best they can do. 
And I smile and I say, yeah, it's getting better. You know, and they say things like, you know, I don't have it, but if I did, yo, don't worry about it. Thank you for asking, you know. Um, It isn't easy being there for other people sometimes because I have expectations of what they should do with the love I give them, you know. I have expectations on what they should do with the money I give them. I have expectations on what they should do with what I shared with them. And I have to remember that we're, we're individuals, right? And we have different life experiences, different childhoods. So we're going to do different things with the love we receive. Nobody's at fault here. Nobody's to blame. My ex-wife and I getting a divorce, that was because we loved each other as best we could to the best of our abilities and we fell short. And, you know, forgiveness wasn't an option. Um, The only way that our lives could improve, our lives could be better tomorrow than they are today, is by separating, you know, by living our lives separate, individually. And I'm sure she's happier now. And I'm definitely in a better place in my life than I was then. I don't like using the word happy for myself because sometimes I don't know what the hell that is. But just understand that Every day, I'm trying to live under that bright blue sky. Every single fucking day. With every argument I have, all my frustrations, standing in long lines, waiting for reservations at at restaurants, you know, looking around my house and wishing I had this, that, and the other. Somebody loaned me uh, $6,000 last week. And that shit is gone. You hear me? Gone. Rent fucking uh, gas bill, phone bill, Wi-Fi, gone. Like, I'm still looking for my ABT card so I can buy some damn groceries for this house. And um, I think I might pick up a new one tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I still don't have money to do laundry. It is what it is. But, you know, I have faith. You know, my birthday's coming up. You know, people online tend to send one and two and five dollars for the birthday thing, you know. Um, But things are okay. Like, I'm not dying. Um, It sucks. It sucks. I'm struggling like a motherfucker. But my friends want to see me in a better place tomorrow than I am today. So they check in on me. They remind me that, that I'm loved because they don't want my dark sky to get darker. You know, you do what you can to keep the sky from getting too dark and living for a better day. I don't know. It's just what I was thinking about, y'all, since this pandemic ended and people are in our lives and in and out of our houses. Just figured it was something to keep in mind. It was something I was thinking about during isolation. And, um, yeah, I hope your sky is blue. I hope your friends love you and guide you through the darkness. Good night. Hey, y'all, your fam, Black Fluid Poet. Check it out. If you... Love this podcast. I want to thank you for favoriting the podcast because it means the world to me. However, the way I can get more advertisers is to have more subscribers. If advertisers um, see that um, I have a lot of subscribers, they will be more willing to give me opportunities to advertise for them. So in order for me to get these ads, I need to get to a decent amount of subscribers. So you come here to anchor.fm and you go to support and you can pick 
99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99. Please feel free to pick 99 cents. I I, I am overjoyed at anyone who wants to support my dream of getting this podcast taking off. You know what I'm saying? So please just consider it. If I could get a thousand subscribers, I could get out of this poverty thing. You know what I'm saying? Because, yo, the struggle is real. Y'all take care.